When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King. Rule the day. This is No BS Job Search Advice Radio, episode 1749. I'm your host, Jeff Alton, the big game hunter, and welcome, and I fly back from Florida today. Woohoo! Get in late afternoon, back at my desk tomorrow, looking forward to having more shows for you. This is an interview that I did two years ago with Fabio Tambosi. Now, Fabio is working elsewhere since the time of this recording. Uh, he's in Europe now working for a global brand uh, in a senior role in marketing. And um, I interviewed him because I thought he'd be an interesting individual to talk about what it's like to work in marketing. Uh, after all, he had a track record with a well-known consumer products firm in uh, Beaverton, Oregon, uh, and uh, other options around the world with different organizations. So uh, you'll see I go right into the interview with him, uh, with the recording. It's about 20 minutes long. I hope you find it helpful, and we'll give you perspective on what it's like to work in that field. And with that, let's get going, okay? Hey, folks, it's Jeff Alpin, the Big Game Hunter. I'm the head coach for Job Search, CoachingHQ.com, and you knew that already, right? Yeah, so, so I'm continuing my series talking about different careers. And in doing so, I've got a great guest, Fabio Tambosi. And I'll simply say uh, I met Fabio as, as, as coaching him into his new role. He's a former Division I student athlete in soccer, born in Brazil, a modern marketer, builder, helping grow brands in a fast-changing digital landscape. He's worked in multicultural environments in six countries, held a variety of different roles as a global leader. He's also serving on the board uh, as and is an adjunct professor at Clemson University's Irwin Center for Brand Communications. Hang in there a little longer with me, folks. So most recently, he accepted a role as Senior Director of Brand Communications at a, let's see if you can figure out who this is, folks, global apparel and footwear sports fast fashion company based in Europe, specifically Germany. Ooh, can you figure out who that might be, folks? So he's got a 12-month non-compete with his current employer. And if folks, if you're in sportswear, you know who that is. <laughs> and, you know, of course, he's honoring the agreement. Fabio, thanks for making time on folks. He's doing this on a Saturday morning, and so am I. Hey, how are you, Fabio? I'm great, Jeff. Thank you so much. And uh, just, I actually feel so lucky to actually have met you about, I think, a year, a little bit over ago. 
so, so glad to to reconnect with you. Great to see you. So, what was your title? What will be your title? Okay. Yeah. Uh, at my former employer, I uh, was the global brand director in digital services for football category, football uh, for the American folks, soccer. So that was my title. And then my new adventure is a senior brand communications director. Uh, can't tell you yet uh, what category uh, because it hasn't been formally announced, but it will be an exciting uh, journey and getting the family ready to, to head to Europe. Fabulous. So I think we have to focus in on what you've done before. So what exactly is it that you do? (laughs) (laughs) I love love that question because uh, I always joke, right? I think I've been trying to explain to my parents what I do since I started doing it, and I don't think I've ever been able to. But I think uh, as a marketer, I'm a marketer, right? And our job is to, to connect with people. Right, and the way I like to explain marketing, it's very simple. If you were to think and visualize a Venn diagram, where you have psychology, sociology, and anthropology, marketing is right at the middle. We have the responsibility and the ability to bring all those three together to serve a consumer need. Right, and I always, you know, I'm a huge believer that we exist as a marketer to serve the consumer. And then product should be uh, at the center of enabling the consumer to either live a better life, fulfill a need, and so forth. So I say I just work with people. Okay. So that was the 30,000-foot perspective on what you do. Let's get down to four feet. So what what are your duties, responsibilities, functions for the job? So uh, if you were to think – in brand marketing, you act a lot as an orchestrator, right? And, and a, thought, uh, a thought leader in, within the organization. <clears throat> so our job is to look at the product roadmap that's coming uh, for the next, let's say, 18 months, uh, write a brand brief to turn that into a marketing plan. Brand brief? Brand the brief? Could you translate that into language that a old guy like me understands? Okay. Uh, yeah, you're a bit smarter than that, but that's great. Uh, <laughs> I'll try my best. The brand brief, it, it, it's a marketing brief to the creative functions that we're going to work with their agencies to come back with ideas. The output of this, it's pretty simple. It's a marketing campaign. Right, it's is the advertising, it's the ad films that you see, is the digital executions. In our case, in the sports industry, is how you bring your athletes closer to your consumers to introduce a product uh, solution that's coming up. So, it, that's did, did did I do my job? Jeff? You did. You did well. Now let's go into more detail about your duties and responsibilities, and maybe what the job is like too. So. Yeah, job. I mean. I feel really lucky for a few reasons, right? Uh, I love people. So as a brand marketer, it, internally within a big organization, uh, your job is to, to bring people along the journey with you. So I think this perception of, oh, hey, I am the director, take it down. At the end of the day, it's people, 
right? And, and if people are not on board with you, you can have the best idea, you can have the best product in the world, and it's not, they're not going to buy. And that also will translate into the work that goes to the consumer. So uh, usually my week would start, what I say is uh, we do uh, an editorial review of previous, like, previous week results, and that is me with my team, which are the creative functions, retail, digital, PR, comms, uh, the creative team, right? And they're like, hey, what did we do? And then we take a three-week forward look at what's coming ahead from a communication standpoint, meaning what's going to go out to the consumer. Then we take that, make final adjustments, and then we usually would have between Tuesday and Wednesday a creative review where the creative teams will come in, we'll plaster the creatives on the wall, and then we'll pretty much walk. Like, it would do a wall session that we call, walk through the, the next three weeks of creative. Once that gets approved by leadership, we hand it over to the geographies, the regional teams, because they, they need to receive the assets so they can start executing in their channels in the market. And that's like at a global level, right? So... <clears throat> I say that I work with three clusters. One is the business, the category side, and and the the second <laughs> is <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> Love it. So the second one is is the geographies, right? And and the third one is the creative functions. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting is you're you're the uh, conductor of the orchestra. Yeah, we would like to think so. We're a bit the maestro of the orchestra. Uh, maestro being the special one. <laughs> conductor, hey, is an ordinary guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, to what extent is the job what you expected it to be? And you know, for average Jane or uh, or Joe, how much job security did you have in the role? I think the job security comes, and this is so personal, right? Like the job security comes with your own security as a person, right? Uh, I've always believed in something actually, you know, my father taught me that you should always be able just to walk, right? Because at the same time you've been recruited, you're recruiting the company you're going to work for, right? So it has to be a two-way street. So I've never... uh, understood like in my mind the concept of job security because I've always felt like I'm in the driver's seat, right? I'm making my decisions. I make, and of course there comes with responsibilities and so forth. But at the same time, I am a person that I, I I'm, I'm a risk taker. Uh, but I, with time I've learned how to mitigate risk. So it's more of like a calculated risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, because now a father of a three-year-old daughter, I can be reckless. Right? No. So and I don't gonna, think anybody should, regardless if they have kids or not. And I'm going to detour here for a second and just tell you folks, Fabio embodies a quality that if you watch some of my other videos, you know that I, I push very hard, and, and that is organizations are not responsible for you in your career. You are. You're the chairman of the board of your own organization, and you have to make decisions that benefit you and obviously serve the firm that you're working for. Often there's a disconnect between 
organizational desires and what serves you. And in those cases, why are you putting your, your career and your future livelihood in the hands of an employer? I digress for a second. Thank you. So coming back to you, Fabio. So, you know, we talked in terms of duties and, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, what's, what does a typical day look like? I get up, take my daughter to school. Uh, <laughs> uh, get, to, get to the office. Get to the, oh, so it's about the job. Okay, oh. sorry, Jeff. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so come in. Usually starts with a staff meeting. Uh, take a look at the week. I usually like to arrive before people uh, because – at a global level, you work with multiple geographies, multiple time zones. So usually in the morning, your email is pretty uh, crowded. Um, I usually clear out as much as I can from the email, but also I choose to make two to three important phone calls to people that I, I think I need to have a conversation instead of just email, right? I always ask people, like, have you, have you called Jeff, Right. So then you get on with the team. With, with, with the team, it all depends on what the priority is for the week, but also what projects you're working on. But Monday is a staff meeting. Uh, Tuesday was integrated marketing uh, meeting. Thursday was geography calls. You know, at eight in the morning with Europe, and then at five p.m. with Asia. Uh, so that's a. It, the interesting thing is, even though there's some structure, the week is never the same. And I think that's what keeps me excited, motivated, and, and engaged with, with my job. It sounds like you had a framework, but it's yeah. not like concrete stuff. Yeah. And if I'm deducing correctly by the time zones, we're talking about you being on the West Coast, folks. You can yeah. figure out who we, we're talking about his last employer was who has that non-compete with him. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like that. <laughs> So what kind of hours did you normally put in? Oh, Jeff, that, you know. Whatever was necessary. Whatever is necessary. Like, it's so, as you grow in the organization and you get to, like, a higher level, is this is not a recommendation, so everyone makes their own choices. I hardly set it out of office, Right. Because if there's something that it is urgent on a Sunday, unfortunately, you have to attend. And of course, I like to always set my precedence from the beginning. So when I get a new role, a new team, a new boss, I make sure, you know, I clarify the rules of my engagement, uh, but also have good judgment, right? Uh, Especially in the sports industry where, you know, most of the big uh, games are actually played in the weekend, and we work with athletes who are on stage on Saturday and Sundays, and our communication has to be, especially in today's world, like you have to be able to be with the, on the pulse of the game, right? Like, mm-hmm. So it, it all depends on the week. There are times it's just super busy. Sometimes you got a little bit of a downtime. So it sounds like... You know, normally I would ask about taking work home on the weekends. It's the question is, when do you leave the office? Usually at five p.m. So you leave at five, mm-hmm. and you're on call because you've got a phone with you. And you're checking in on things all the time. Well, one thing I'm uh, I in the last two years since uh, my daughter was born, 
right? It, it comes with a huge perspective in life, right? And for those who have kids or not. But I've made very clear as soon as my daughter was born to the entire organization, 5 p.m., I'm out of the office. I want to pick her up at school. I want to go home. I want to have a little bit of play time. I want to have bath time with her. I want to have dinner. And then, you know, uh, watch some series with my wife. So the evening for me, it's only if it's really necessary. So mm-hmm. if it's not, I won't respond to messages. Fabulous. What kind of problems do you tend to deal with in your role? Most of the times is managing uh, personalities, right? Uh, you've got to build a team that people feel that they're part of something bigger than just a job because if you don't connect at that level, it is hard to get things moving in a cohesive way, right? So a lot of the time we spend selling ideas. Like as a marketer, I also say we're all salespeople, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and dealing with people is probably one of the most difficult part of our job. I love it, right? But everyone is different, right? So the way I talk to Jeff is different than the way I will talk to John, and it is different than I'll talk to Jennifer, right? You have to be able to read and understand who you're dealing with. Uh, otherwise, things just won't get done. What do you do if you can't solve something on your own? If there's some problem that just beyond your scope, how do you handle it? It depends on the context, right? Uh, for me... Are you tapping on something, by the way? Because I think I'm picking it up on the mic. Yeah. Okay. Here's my pen. I'll okay. put it away so I don't have to touch it. Yeah, you got energy going. I got you. You may I look cool and smooth, energy. but you got the tension thing going. Yeah, it's, got, it's Jeff. Jeff gets the best out of people. Um, so your question is, like, if you can't solve a problem, how do you do it? You got to understand the context. Sometimes you just got to let things go. You don't have to be right. You don't have to push things through if they're not going through. But sometimes as a leader, you've got to make the decision as well. So I, I love one of my favorite uh, couple big, I think it's Jeff Bezos says, it's like you've got to agree and commit, right? Because a lot of people say, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. But are you committed, right? And the other one is about uh, disagreeing to agree. So we disagree to, we agree to disagree. It's fine that we don't all have to just love each other all the time. But as a leader, you sometimes you got to make decisions that are not uh, accepted by everybody. Um, editorial comment, folks. The notion of commitment. A lot of you talk the talk, but you're not all in. And you're very willing to quit at times rather than go all the way in on something. And when you commit, as Fabio was talking about, you got to be all in. I digress. Coming back to Fabio. Mm-hmm. So could you tell folks about a tough decision that you had to make? I mean, it was just back in October when I had to decide to leave my job. Uh, for people who know me well enough, know how much I love the sports, the football, soccer. I'm a former soccer player, and I was heading up brand for one of the largest sports apparel company in that category. 
In the Pacific Northwest, yes. In the okay. Pacific Northwest, uh, dealing with one of the best players in the world. So, but I felt that I need a different challenge. But also, I knew that heading into competition, there was a potential, I'm not going to say consequence, because when I signed the non-compete, I agreed to that. Uh, so making the decision without knowing what the outcome was going to be, it was a tough one. Yeah. Very, very true. How much flexibility do you have in performing your role? Is it all on you to make decisions? How much comes from above? It's, it's a tough one because every organization is different. Right? The culture of the company dictates how you perform. Uh, what I love about what happens in today's corporate world, and I'm going to generalize for the purpose of this conversation, is that roles are not very well defined. So it gives an incredible canvas for you to create your job, right? There's some primary responsibilities you have to deliver, but how are you going to run that process? And even when the more you move up, people expect you to bring your vision to life. People expect you to, to create a way of work, right? Uh, but you have to understand the intrinsics of decision-making, and every organization has their own complexity. At my previous job, alignment and getting consensus from different sides of organizations, from different levels of the business, right? Mm-hmm. It was one of the most important part of my job. So, uh, but also, you know, I'm a little bit uh, of being sometimes called as a maverick. And if I, I, to me, sometimes I would make decisions uh, that I knew there was not consensus, but I would do it based on a few things. Is this going to help the company? Is this the best thing for the consumer? And is this helping the team? And if you're doing those three things, you can go home and sleep well, right? So it's not like I was doing selfish, making selfish decisions. I was actually making well-thought decisions that I knew didn't have consensus, but it was best for the business. Gotcha. At what level with you were you, and at what level did you report? I reported to the vice president of brand, uh, and he reported to, to the CMO. Uh, so that's the level uh, relative to the organization. Thank you. How many people reported to you? In the last year, I had uh, five direct reports. But what? see, a lot of people get caught up with how many people are reporting to you directly, right? And one thing I did learn when I start with the process actually with you, and I look, uh, I had five people reporting to me. Uh, throughout the year. Some have left, and, you know, but total of many five people within the year. But then I looked at it, hey, I have the creative function, right, that are dot aligned to me, but they are reporting to you in a way. So I was managing that. The creative mm-hmm. functions, I had seven people in the district organization, four people in retail, one person in PR and comms, uh, dot com, app, development so when you put all that together that's like 
22 people from the creative side. From the business side, you have product, merchandise, and all that. And then you have the geography. So I was leading an organization of about 60 people on a weekly basis. Fabulous. And thanks for spelling that out for folks so they get a perspective because I didn't cover that at the beginning. I just went into, you know, what it is you do and how you go about doing it and what it's like. But I think it's useful that people get the perspective that you're not a staff individual day-to-day work. You're uh, number two down from the CMO of this well-known sports (laughs) product firm. Um, so what do you, what did you like or not like about your role? I mean, there are a lot of, in life, there are things you don't like, but you got to do, you got to eat the vegetables that make you stronger. Right. So like, I think having the mindset of an athlete, I understand that sometimes I'm going to make that run and I know I'm not going to get the ball right? You've got to play without the ball, right? So I have, I, I struggle with, oh, I just don't like that. But I think there's this, there's this thing happening in the, in the, in the corporate world. It's actually the core theme of the book I'm writing now, which is everything is changing so fast. If you look at the average tenure of a CMO today, I think it's like 12 months, Right. Uh, consumers are changing so fast. Uh, and then actually because of the speed of change and the uncertainty of tomorrow, companies go into paralysis. And, and that's why you see a lot of startups just skyrocketing because they have that culture of like decision-making, iterating and moving on, iterating and moving on. So this notion of moving in packs now, like, like the world lives in connected communities. I say people live in tribes. I joke with people that my, I made my best friends up until I was 12 years old. After that is just people I got to know. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 but today's generation, I'm not going to na- label a generation, right? I'm going to say that today, today's mindset is you have your yoga friends, you have your running crew, you have your beer friends, and then you, and then, let's say in your running crew, you're the leader because you are the fast pacer, right? You've done three marathons, and people look at you as an authority. But when you go to a yoga group, you're just starting, so you're not taking a leadership position. So today's culture and society is super able to wear different hats and and mold into this ever-changing and continue to move mm-hmm. where organizations are still structuring silos like horizontal, vertical matrix and you're like, what are you waiting for to change? All right. So I think that was, I, I kind of, you know, I won't say a derail, but go back to what I didn't like it. It was the speed of decision-making. Or, or like the rough. Yeah. The lack of and, and folks, you know, what I'm getting from this is each um, segment of an organization is structured like the classic pyramid. And within that, you know, think in terms of the organization is operating as a pyramid where information flows up. 
um, in order to CYA. And someone has to be responsible for the decision so that they can be held accountable. Uh, and instead, in organizations that are more appealing, the information flows down and you're allowed to make your choices, live with them. You're not going to destroy the firm and you know, it's very unlikely you're going to do that, right? But it becomes frustrating when you're constantly dealing in these pyramids and you're stuck. Yeah. Because ultimately you're in the silo. Yeah. And that's, it's, and it's interesting because the world doesn't live that way anymore. So, and then if, if you expect people, it's almost like to walk inside the barn and be like, oh, now I have to act this way. We have an underperforming organization. Right. Right. So I think that's, that's a big, big problem. today. If you could change anything or could have changed anything in your previous role, because we're certainly not going to talk about the new role. <laughs> what would you have changed about um, anything in the old environment? Well, uh, I think it's, it's, it's tough because I always, everything I do in life, I walk away from the situation feeling, hey, I gave my best, right? And, and if my best wasn't enough for the situation, I can learn and try to change things for the future, right? So changing the past is, is not a notion in my mind. But I think in my previous role, the organization would have benefited from having a culture of empowerment. But people need to understand that empowerment comes with accountability and responsibility. Right. So just don't ask to be able to make decisions if you can't take it. Because there's a price. Yeah. There is a price for that opportunity. Yeah. Um, a lot of turnover in the role, generally. Yeah, you see, like I, I mentioned a little bit, the average tenure of a CMO, I think, is now twelve months, right? And that, if you think at that level, that's what's happening. It only trickles down to the bottom, and and people are not willing just to sit around and wait for the opportunity, right? Like that's how the world lives now. People want the best for them and sometimes the best for you Jeff it's a 30% increasing your salary for me might be get a larger team to be able to be challenged in a different way so I'm not saying that you know uh, one size fits all but you got to be able to read and, and adjust to it, it, it the world co- corporate organization in the world needs to mesh a little bit more. It can't be just disconnected. As soon as you walk inside the gate of the organization, it's just, you know, it, it, it's kind of like organizations are mainframe environments and we don't live in mainframe worlds anymore. We live in network environment. Right. Right. Yeah. Fabio, yeah. this is, this has been fabulous. How can folks reach you? Well, I love that question. I appreciate the opportunity, Jeff. Uh, in my 12 months now, uh, I am enjoying life. 
I'm writing a book, right? I'm doing consulting and teaching and speaking. So you can find me at FabioTambosi.com. Could you spell your name for folks? I know it'll be in the show notes, but I want to make sure. It's F-A-B-I-O-T-A-M-B-O-S-I.com. FabioTambosi.com. Right. Also, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me first name, last name, but also on Twitter, uh, Tembosi. Uh, so I love to connect with people. I love to stay in touch. I love to share ideas, uh, but also, you know, being writing blogs. Uh, have I'm producing case studies of my life. Uh, so we have 12 case studies coming on the pipeline. So check it out. I mean... So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few more ways to get more from me. First of all, there's my website, which is TheBigGameHunter.us. I have more than 8,000 blog posts there that you can watch, listen to, or read that will help you find your next job. In addition, if you're interested in my coaching you, at the site there's a button there that says schedule. Schedule time for a free discovery call. Schedule yourself in for coaching, interview preparation coaching, salary negotiation advice, how to have your questions answered or coaching related to hiring more effectively, managing and leading, helping you be a better executive in your organization, and overall being a better employee of your firm. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash the big game hunter. Mention that you watch or listen to my content. I like knowing I'm helping folks. Once we're connected, if you're interested in coaching, let me know. I think it's easier at the website, but if that's the way you want to do it, so be it. Lastly, join my group on Facebook called Career Angles. It's focused on helping you do better at work. Information there is shared daily, and I'm attempting to build a supportive group there. Ask to join. I'm not letting recruiters in, so I want to make it a safe place for everyone. I'll be back tomorrow with more, and in the meantime, I hope you have a great day. Be great! Trabajar no es fácil cuando tienes que llevar a tus padres al cardiólogo o a la farmacia. Por eso, el cuidado médico de calidad de Kaiser Permanente incluye videocitas con tu doctor y más. Ahórrate el viaje. KP.org diagonal Viva Bien. Kaiser Permanente. Viva Bien. Citas sujetas a disponibilidad cuando sean apropiadas. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic State Inc. 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland 20852.